Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by a good friend of ours, Pastor Aaron Golden. Pastor Aaron, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. It's good to be with you guys today. Good to have you. Pastor Aaron, just uh, to give us a little background starting out, just tell us a little bit about where you're from and about how you grew up. Yeah, so I'm originally from uh, in Straits, North Carolina. Well, they consider the down east region of uh, eastern North Carolina. And um, I grew up in a, well, I was a third generation in a construction business and um, grew up in a family that uh, until I was about five was sort of divided. My mom was a believer and my dad wasn't. And um, so my mom had grown up in the church. My dad had had a lot of influence in his life as far as the church went. Um, but he had battled a lot of uh, legalism, and there's a lot of different things that he couldn't live to. So my mom actually ended up uh, going to a Nazarene church because of your dad, uh, <laughs> Pastor Kerry Willis, not a pastor at the time. But um, she went there because the church she had grown up in, and your dad had grown up in Grayson, was probably something my dad would want to be a part of. So I don't think he was cold to the faith. He just was kind of cold to religion, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, so she wound up taking me there when I was uh, probably about three or four years old. And uh, that all eventually culminated to an event that one night uh, my dad heard uh, me praying for him. I don't really recall if it was me and mom or just me, but either way, he uh, walked by the room and heard uh, me praying for uh, that Jesus would save my dad. Mm. And so that night, dad was just really troubled, sort of a dark night of the soul kind of Mm. moment, you know, and... uh, he just told my mom, you know, I think I think something's got to change because my son can pray for me, but I don't feel like I can pray for him. And that just led to his conversion. And so that changed the trajectory of my life from that point on. So I, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Nazarene church um, in both Moorhead, and our family eventually helped uh, start one here in Beaufort uh, when I was about 16. And so through that whole event um, in youth ministry, um, I'd really always felt the presence of uh, Jesus pretty closely, even as a child. Uh, but I, I really lay claim to January 1st, 2001, at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, I officially made a decision that I needed to follow Jesus. And uh, so he saved me and wrecked my life. <laughs> and then I wrecked my life a few times after that. And um, so just journeyed, started journeying with him. Had always sort of felt a call to ministry. Didn't know what that would be like. And uh, I knew I had a business waiting for me, and so most of my life was centered around that as I got older. And um, met my wife, Lene, in the church in Beaufort that we were part of. She's from Alabama. And uh, we officially got married about, when well, I think I was like 22. She was 21. Mm-hmm. And I told her when we got together, I said, you know, I feel like God, she, she's a PK, a pastor's kid. And I told her, I said, I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like one day I might have to answer a call to preach, but I don't know what that'll look like. And she was crazy enough to agree that, you know, she still wanted to pursue a relationship, with right? Me, even in the face of all that. And uh, so we wound up, um, we wound up being really ingrained in the church here. The church had a lot of grace for us at Bridgeway Church in Nazarene. They loved us through a lot of a lot of uh, challenges as young leaders and mistakes. And um, we eventually, um, after we ran the business for a couple years, two or three years, um, we uh, came into about 2011. I was just really miserable. And I knew that I had gotten everything I wanted and I wasn't happy. So I knew there was something else for surrender in my life, and that was a part of 
uh, answering a call in pastoral ministry. And so we wound up, through the provision of the Lord, we wound up going to online Nazarene Bible College, and I served here at Bridgeway Church in Nazarene and Beaufort as a, an associate uh, staff member and uh, to Pastor Porter Graves. And uh, they gave us even more grace for that. And that kind of led us through about almost three years of serving here. And then we felt like things were sort of closing up. And uh, we found ourselves in the middle of an opportunity to plant a church in New Bern, North Carolina. And so we've been there this November, this month right now. Um, it's been five years since we moved there. And so our church is officially, Union Point Church has uh, celebrated four years since launch. And so we, we've been able to witness God do a lot of things and a lot of His faithfulness over my life. And so when you, I'm trying to remember when Porter came from Harrisonburg. 2006. 2006. Yeah. Yeah, when he and Angela came to Beaufort, Lene and I were, uh, we were still dating. We hadn't even got married yet. But I okay. remember when they came in, they were, I would say Porter and Angela were probably about where we were as far as a family unit. Um, I think their kids were like 10 to 2. Mm-hmm. And our kids right now are 10 to 2. Right. So, um, yeah, he came in in the middle of that. Uh and we had, um, Lynette and I had served on a multitude of capacities of leadership, even before that and then after that. And part of the deal was, for me, was I was always bouncing around, like, you know, serving, leading, and then you'd get so far and then kind of like meandering away, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and I think from what I'm hearing you say, you were involved in a lot of different areas. Yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes we don't understand when we bounce from place to place, but all of a sudden we find ourselves with experience and wisdom from bouncing through the different ministries and all of a sudden yeah. you're planning a church and you needed to have yeah. been in some different areas of ministry and understand that a little bit better yeah we were we had uh we had served from wiping babies' bottoms to mm-hmm. you know i even uh, had taught uh senior sunday school here uh for a little while which is funny um would fill in a lot for them and um so yeah just the opportunity really that you know, everybody. We always talk about church growth. We want the church to grow. I mean, and we all do, right? But those small little local churches that mm-hmm. are in obscurity, man, um, it provides an avenue for people that are trying to wrestle with things, mm-hmm. opportunity to just engage in ministry. And like I said, I mean, you know, a lot of I was really thankful here for so much that uh, it was just when I look back on it, it was so much grace and mercy mm-hmm. there. Um, they probably people here probably wouldn't describe it as that, mm-hmm. but it is that way. Yeah, you can look yeah. back and you can just see it in the whole journey. It's easier looking back than looking at it in the present. <laughs> it looks different. Yeah. Well, I met you um, at Porter's Church. You hadn't been on staff very long. Man, I think that was in 2012, right? Mm-hmm. So you... I, I had came on staff on May 13th of 2012. And yeah, when you so guys came, so you were came, green behind the ears. Right? Oh my lord! Yeah, what, I don't know what they call that, but it was yeah. something greenhorn. Greenhorn. We'll go with that. That's why um, I was slapping that uh, anointing oil around that oh, first service. Yeah, I will day. never forget that. We had a true anointing service. We didn't anoint just the people, but the church too. The carpet, everything. Probably included. still up there on the left uh, side, or yeah, left side of it. So yeah, that's good. It's all right to anoint the church. I think. Yeah, that was a precious time, and we've been able to. Be in ministry together um, through something that Pastor Kerry started. And it's been great just to watch your family grow and see you grow and find your place and struggle and trying to figure out what the future was and yeah. um, and just being faithful to God and uh, faithful to the call and faithful to the church. And yeah. it's not always easy to no. figure that out and 
But looking back, you can see how God just worked out those details. How did you get from on staff to a church planter? (laughs) There might be people listening that would like to, you know, maybe do that. I wish there was like a solid trajectory that I could like map out and it would be uh, something that you could uh, adhere to or... You know, it's a journey, yeah. personal for all of us, it's, right? Uh, yeah, it was. So we just kind of came to a place, you know, here, uh, or here when I say here, because we're sitting in Porter right. Graves Church. Right. But uh, we reached a place here where we knew, I knew that uh, everything that pretty much God had for us, it just mm-hmm. seemed that it was closing. Mm-hmm. You know, that opportunity was sort of mm-hmm. fading and weaning. And for no other reason, there was just a stirring in my heart. I knew that I had been called to lead, like, to be mm-hmm. a lead pastor. Right. And, you know, the hard part about that dance, that song and dance is when you're in that position as a young person, mm-hmm. as a young leader, um, that restlessness doesn't always go well. You know, um, yeah. it can manifest itself in a multitude of ways that aren't always edifying right. for the church, mm-hmm. for the leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew that I didn't want that. Right. To be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you look at the process, it's like, boy, you could do a lot. I could have done a lot of things better. But for the most part, we just knew it was closing down. Mm-hmm. So we just felt a big shift happening. And I was in a really dark, dark spot that I felt at the time because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to go about doing it. And, you know, you always have these processes. I could have put my name in with the with our district, with right. the Nazarene Church. I could just a host of things. I just didn't feel like... I, I just didn't, honestly, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And um, God obviously wasn't pulling you in that direction, right? <laughs> yeah. I totally didn't pull. feel that. Yeah. yeah. It was nothing against any of that. I just didn't feel the, like that was what I was supposed right. to do. Absolutely. I, I kind of had a hunch that uh, for me, I, I just in some ways felt like maybe the Nazarene church for me wasn't going to be where I was going to be, find my mm-hmm. place. And it was nothing against the Nazarene church. I just had, right. to, I just felt that. So, anyways, that was probably about. Um, all that, all the, all these things started happening in like coming into 2014. Mm-hmm. So 2011, everything was churning. Coming into 2000, the end of 13, God started doing some stuff, mm-hmm. and we were in August of 13. This was before. What was funny is we started doing like um, life group, community group kind of stuff outside of the church, taking it into the homes, mm-hmm. which was new for the community here. And so I was the at the time had been charged to help develop a lot of that system and strategy. Mm-hmm. Which is great because, you know, it helped me cut some more teeth on some discipleship mm-hmm. stuff. But in the same way, I just remember it was several different events. And I don't really tell this story as much anymore when I'm doing a condensed version, but it was really kind of what happened. I was sitting in my office in like uh, June of 13, and I had some pins on a board where I was looking at strategic location for these groups to meet. And I just had a thought, what if these could be churches? Well, I'd never heard of church planning in my life. You know, in the church that I grew up in, a new start was a few families that maybe either got disgruntled, A, from another church mm-hmm. and wanted to go start one, or they just felt a need in a community or a call and they went and did it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they would get it where they could call a pastor and they could pay him. You know what I mean? Right. These are the, so me thinking about a pioneer doing it, which is crazy because it's in Scripture. I just wasn't thinking about it that way. Then in August of 13. My mom's side of the family is from Vanceboro, which is around Newburn, where we live now. But, you know, when I was growing up, our uh, local town didn't have a lot of stuff. Newburn had a mall, had all that stuff. So we always went to the mall, went shopping, and that kind of stuff. So to- a lot of familiarity with it, with Newburn. Never thought about living there. But um, we had went to the regional airport, picked up Lene's family. We're walking downtown, and I was right in front of the Episcopal Church, and I felt this overwhelming sense of, like, 
you could live here. And I was like, what in the world is that? Like, I could live, why would I live here? Mm. And so we kept on that journey. And Lene that night could tell that I was wrestling with something. And she said, you know, it seemed like you were sort of out of it today. What was going on? And I said, well, I just had this feeling. And I shared with her. And she said, that's funny because I was having the same kind of inclination while I was there. So what do you do with that? Don't know. We shelved it. Mm. Um, And then the same time, about shortly thereafter, we really were sensing that things were kind of moving in a different direction. And so I was in, I was still working in bivocational too at the time. So I was still in sort of our business kind of helping out, Mm -hmm. which was a weird transition for Mm -hmm. me from leading the business to going back to just like laboring. Mm -hmm. And uh, was at a lunch break in a local restaurant in Harker's Island. And I ran into the Wesleyan Church, their North Carolina East District, their superintendent, which had some really tight ties with Pastor Kerry and my mom because his dad pastored the Wesleyan Church he grew mm-hmm. up in. And uh, we had a conversation, and he said, man, I would love to talk to you sometime. I've heard a lot about you. And I think it was from maybe Kerry, but also our mutual friend Tim Fox, mm-hmm. who had found himself in the Wesleyan Church on North Carolina. Um, I think he had put a bird in the ear, mm-hmm. you know, a little mm-hmm. put the birdies there. So he said, I would love to talk to you sometime. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great kind of thing. And I went and sat down in the booth. And on his way out, he said, listen, I don't know why, but I, I just feel like I need to mention this to you. But I think maybe you should consider praying about Newburn with me because we've been praying for this for like, you know, this at this time it's been several years they've been praying about it. And I didn't say a word, but like inside it was like, you know, the alarms were signaling. So I got up from there, kind of perplexed, went to work the rest of the day. I went home and I told, I talked to Lene. I said, you wouldn't believe what I ran into today. And I told her. And uh, I said, you wouldn't believe what he said. And I told her that. And she was like, well, we were just there. And I said, yeah. And she was like, because of the nature of that Wesleyan church that my mom grew up in, she was like, I can't be a Wesleyan. Mm. Like, I can't, I, I'm not going to wear my hair like that mm-hmm. or wear a skirt. You know, that was kind of <laughs> I the, get that. the backdrop, not the knock on it. It was just our yeah. culture. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think that's the way the general church is. So uh, that led to a conversation on the front porch on the island mm. at his wife's mom's house. And... Uh, we literally started taking steps, you know. Um, we Truly went, steps of faith, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like, I just said, God, if this is your will, then we'll walk the journey. As long as the doors are open. Yeah, and um, we didn't say anything to anybody at the church we were at. We just kind of kept it close to us because we mm-hmm. didn't know. Right. And there was no need to upset an apple cart. And so we, we went to assessment that January 14th. Um, and were assessed, and we came out. I went in like I didn't know what to expect. We got grilled for three days. And I uh, came out the other side, and it was unanimous green lights. Like, you need to go plant a church. Like, mm-hmm. this is your calling. That was, a, a for me, that was, a, that was a big moment in my life because it was acknowledgement of something that I felt that God had put in me, that mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit, sort of a pioneer at heart kind of person. It was affirming in so many ways. And we came back from that, and... Uh, we made an announcement that we were going to be, you know, moving on. And in Mar- that March, we started moving. You know, we left here and we began here, as in the Bridgeway Church in Nazarene and Beaufort. And we started uh, moved into the Wesleyan Church and we started just traveling the circuit, and which was difficult because I was I wasn't raising in the Wesleyan Church. I didn't have a lot of connections, and we just started having to make connections for fundraising and doing all that. And uh, we spent the year doing that. But a couple of the key defining moments of that journey was. The end, I think it was coming right into April, we went to Lene, her family lives in Alabama, and her dad was a worship pastor at a Methodist church. 
And we went there, and I was having struggling with doubt. You know, just like was like God, I don't know why you want us to do this. This is crazy. This is like nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, how am I going to raise this money? How are we going to do all these things? You know, and uh, we went to visit Lene's family. We were there that Sunday morning. Her dad just told everybody in like a passing thing, hey, this is what these guys are going to do. Would love for you to speak truth into them, pray over them, bless them, whatever you want to do at the end of the service. So we're sitting ahead of this couple. And while we're sitting there, um, towards the end of the service, the lady had been messing with, at the time, it was Elise, our third, and she was just a little thing. And uh, so she was, the wife was like playing around with her, you know. And right at the end of the service, the pastor was getting ready to pray. She leaned up to me. She said, I want to make a check out to you guys. Who do I need to make that out to? And so I told her, and I thought, man, this could be cool. You know, it might be 100 bucks or 200 mm-hmm. It'd be great. And uh, so the service ended, and she, passed, she like, passed a check to me before it was done. And we got up, and I turned around. They had sort of, like, already meandered out. I didn't even look at the check. Everybody was coming up to me. And uh, when everybody sort of cleared, I just pulled the check back to the side to look at the amount, and it was twenty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like Whoa. I'd never met this person in my life, and uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I was like blown away. I, you know, so we had to make some phone calls, and the people were blown away that that happened. You know, but it was like just a big event for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, affirmation. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So we knew that coming in. We knew. Um, we had a location we wanted to live in the city, mm-hmm. but I had exhausted all options, and nobody's going to help you buy a house when you are saying you're going to plant a church. I mean, there's like, no, yes. that's not mm-hmm. a viable option. So through a series of events, our district was able to help us leverage to build a house mm-hmm. on a piece of property that my wife was adamant that we were going to build on and buy, and we got down like to uh, two weeks before we're closing. I was like, look, if we don't back out of this contract, we're going to be like, you're going to pitch a tent, I guess. So anyways, we wound up moving there in the house and uh, built the house. I built the house in eight weeks. Mm, it helped it, it helped us with the community. We wound up, even in the midst of planning the church, building several houses there that just helped us with credibility mm-hmm. for the community. So we were known about that before ministry. So yeah, all those events culminated in, uh, you know, we moved there in November 14, and uh, I think it was fi- November 15th. 2014. And uh, I had never been out of down East Carter County in my whole life. So it was huge to me. I may as well have been moving across country. Right. Um, and uh, But I never felt as free and as excited and as, uh, you know, just optimistic about what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a tough journey through that. But pretty much all that to say, it was a series of events that I could have never foreseen. I would have never laid it out like it was, but it was just a simple, like, everyday kind of trusting mm-hmm. and moving faithfully in that direction. And you kind of started to meet just God and His provision. Now, did you all, I'm trying to remember, did you all start meeting in your home? So, yeah, we started meeting in our house, and uh, we started just gathering whoever. We, it was kind of old school style. I probably wouldn't do it like that again, maybe, but we did. And uh, we just started gathering whoever we could. So it started out probably about 10 people in her home mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday night and we would get together and eat meals and you know I would preach and they would sing <laughs> you know it was just crazy <laughs> I mean you know nuts they would have kids in the back room and uh, wow yeah uh, it was nuts and um, it grew you know it did grow probably at about 35 40 people mm-hmm. and we knew we needed to move out of the home and so we moved our meeting to the YMCA which we eventually launched in and officially okay. in September of 2015 we started having our group meeting there on Sunday morning, and I remember it was a leap because I knew I had a feeling that that was going to be a sifting of the people that we had, 
from Sunday night to shift into Sunday morning. Because mm-hmm. some people were, they were coming there, but they were going other places at different times. And I figured that would be a test. And it was. Mm-hmm. So that Sunday night, it was like 35, 40 people there. That next Sunday morning, we moved to that service. Uh, it was about 12 people. Uh, and yeah. uh, I remember getting up and I, I physically, I just remember like, I thought, do I want to do this? Uh, you know, just had a moment mm-hmm. um, before the thing began when I saw who was there. And uh, it was like I just couldn't, I couldn't not. And it was like, I, so I remember praying. And when I opened my mouth to start speaking, it was like, I'm just going to preach or speak however I would. If it was a thousand, it makes no yeah. difference. And that's what we did. And, you know, I've said often it's not about the people that aren't there. It's about the people that are. The people right. that show up. And, <laughs> you know, God grew the church from there. Yeah. And he's, you are getting ready to... Uh, move yeah. again yeah we um for a long time we met them why we moved around in there and it was like you know 12 grew into 50 and then we would get the 70 and back to 50 and you know we have a big military town and um it, it just always seemed like everybody was moving at the same time <laughs> for whatever reason and um so we we just i went from being in a place of uh, going in of uh, and i don't mean this in a bad way but i had an expectation of what i thought would happen and then I realized that maybe that's not what God wanted. And so I had to surrender that. What I did do, though, is I began to shift it from, I'll be okay with whatever it is you want. So each stage, I was just okay. I became okay with it. But I wasn't really expecting beyond that. And it was like God is continually, every step of the journey, has always got us to a point where it was like, all right, I'm just waiting on you to be okay for what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we... Uh, we're probably, I think it was from 5, 2015 to coming into 17. We had stayed right around 50 people. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, for whatever reason, we decided that we were going to make one big move in the Y. They finally, what the deal was, they had had an experience with a previous church that went bad. And so okay. for us to even get in there was amazing. Mm-hmm. So we had to really work at relationship. We ended up getting in the gym, though. And um, the first Sunday we went in the gym was Easter. And uh, our launch Sunday, we had 85 people. Well, there, a lot of that was all friends. And it was immediately like 40 the next mm-hmm. Sunday. That Easter of 17, we had 86. And we were turning backflips because we had surpassed our, mm-hmm. our number of, at launch. And from that Easter, we grew all summer until we wound up leasing a property that we have been currently in. And uh, God took... And uh, that last Sunday we were in the Y getting ready to move in the building, we had like 95 people. And the first Sunday we were in our new facility was 120 people, and it just kept going from there. So we wound up rolling into two services. And uh, right now we're, I think we're average. The average number is like 210, 215. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we've probably got 2250 and 300 that are involved. And um, so right now we're getting ready to move in an 11,500 square foot facility that was another god thing mm-hmm. he just continues to open the doors and you yeah. have to be willing to make those steps of faith yeah yeah and it was that's all your you know it's you have an idea and have a dream about what could be but again it's all about surrendering that's been the biggest deal is about surrendering what the things that you desire mm-hmm. and choosing to walk in favor of what god would want so but it is it, you know in the midst of stepping and faithfulness you're met with the provision of god and that's Sometimes it's difficult because we want to see the provision before we make the step of faithfulness. So in the midst of all of that, your family grew more. Yeah. And I remember back, 
I'm trying to think how long it's been now since your youngest yeah. had some things going on, and you're in the midst of church planting, and life continues, <laughs> challenges, yeah. family. How did that all play out as you are in the midst of, because, you know, some would think, well, if I answer the call, yeah. you know, and we see God blessing, but at the same time, we're in this really tough spot. How was that? Mm. What was that like? Yeah, um, that was in, that actually, let's see, we went through, yeah, that all happened at the same time we were moving in the first facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, our youngest, Evelyn, was born with, uh, well, we come to find out when she was six months old, was craniosynentosis, which was her growth plates in, what is it, right in the middle suture of your head, where it's usually the plates are separated for growth, they were fused together. So she sort of had like a cone head sort of look. And so when we found that out, it was about the same that summer where all the good things were happening. Mm-hmm. Here's something that's negative happening. I also had to have ACL surgery at the same time on my knee, mm-hmm. uh, trying to be younger than I was. But um, nonetheless, in the midst of that, I do. it was difficult because you are. You're like, God, we're being faithful, and you know I don't understand like why would this be happening kind of thing, mm-hmm. especially to my kid. Okay. And... Um, but, you know, in the midst of all that, I, you know, when I look back over it, I didn't really, like, I was no harboring any ill will yeah. towards God. Yeah. I didn't feel like, you know, you're punishing me for this. In honesty, it rallied the church in a way that I was wow. not expecting, you know. And I think our response in the middle of it gave encouragement mm-hmm. for people, you know. Well, and sometimes when you're a lead pastor or, you know, you're in ministry, people see you on Sundays and they don't always know what is going on behind the scenes under, you know, underneath the surface. But this was very, I mean, they knew this was happening and they could come and support you. And it sounds like it even fostered community and more love and support for you guys. Yeah, it did. It was, it it helped us in a lot of ways because we were able to see that the church did love us. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, which was good. And um, it did. It just unified the church, too, because they came to our need. And mm-hmm. then, as well, it you know it helped us pour out even more love on them, too. Mm-hmm. And, it's good to look but, back and see how God works through all that. Yeah, and, and it was, I think we were so focused, too. I mean, all that was going on. And at the same time, there were so many good things going, too. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, it was just such a mix that it was just... I don't think we could really focus on the negative because mm-hmm. we were just in the position that we were in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and God carries you through mm-hmm. those times. It wasn't by in our strength, by no, any means. Absolutely not, Aaron. I know we grew up together. You know, mm-hmm. you just a couple years older than me, so I know a lot of your story because I've known you a long time. But it's cool getting to hear all the pieces, how they fit together, how things. And I hear surrender throughout. You've mentioned <laughs> it, and it's just a great example of surrender, y'all's life. Uh, whether it be, you know, leaving the family business, certainly a leap of faith, I believe, yeah. to go in the ministry. And then from being at a church on staff to feeling the call to plant a church yeah. in another denomination, very similar, but still yeah. a different denomination in a different town, like you said, yeah. not too far away, but for no. you it was yeah. far away. And then the issues that you guys dealt with, the health issues of your daughter while the church is growing, and yeah. it's like... You know, maybe why, Lord? Like, why is this happening? But uh, maybe it hasn't all happened the way you thought it would. But a great testament of 
you know, God has better plans for us than we do for ourselves. So just in closing, anything that you would like to share that you haven't shared already or that we haven't asked you already? No, I think, um, I mean, in everything you're saying there, I I can look back over times and I thought, I think what what stands out so much and it just is ever verified the longer we proceed forward, especially in my life. But the places that I perceive were the greatest impediments to my life were the greatest places of advocacy for God's move. And what I mean by that is, is so many times there was places that I was wondering, God, why would you let this happen? And then when I got on the other side, I realized that it was what I thought was a setback, was a catapult for what God wanted to do in my life. And it really was those moments, those places became definers. Um, it was a refining fire for my life. So anybody that's usually walking in the, I think for all of us in the journey, but anybody that's listening to this and, and thinking about maybe that call or maybe that place at where God's pulling me, um, or maybe I'm in one of those moments where it feels like there's a lot of adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, those places of adversity God uses to shape and form and mold you into yeah. the person that you never you never would have expected right. to become. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I just very quickly, um, as we end today, I'm impressed that as you prayed for your dad and he heard, as a little boy, that was a seedbed mm. for you to be a church planter. <laughs> yeah. And that is powerful. Yeah. So thank you for sharing with us yeah, today. Thank you guys. Yeah, great thanks. to be with you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Pastor Aaron Golden, who's the pastor of Union Point Wesleyan Church in Newburn, North Carolina, has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.